everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And we're at minute 63, which begins with Kenny saying, what is that? (laughs) And goes through Mike saying, no way, man. So Denise tells Kenny that a dendrophiliac is someone who has sex with trees, which is kind of, it's only partially accurate. It's like, I just, it took me a second, but you'll be very proud of me because I thought of a non horribly upsetting, triggering example. It's like a, it's like um, a person that is attracted to women but they don't necessarily have sex with women, but they're still, you know, attracted to women. Like sure. a dendrophiliac can be attracted to trees and still be a dendrophiliac without having sex with trees. True. Although I, like, I understand her, you know, fr- from what she says, her point is like, well, if you're having sex with trees, you're probably attracted to them. Right. It's not I mean, necessarily so. true. Like, Did the tree force you to... <laughs> right. I mean, like, I well, in Evil Dead, yes. That's true. That Hey, hey, Aaron, impressive immediately ex- immediate example. <laughs> oh, I came up with that last minute. I just didn't have a way to make it make sense. So I'm glad that I got to bring it up now. <laughs> um, so Kenny responds by kind of chuckling and then going, that's not funny. <laughs> Which makes Denise laugh. Which, then that's because it's charming as hell. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and then we cut downstairs. Mm-hmm. To William. Mm. Wearing a Love Burger shirt. shirt. Mm-hmm. And some beads. Yep. Hanging out with his groupie girls. Mm-hmm. Who are arguing over who gets to hold his laser pointer. Hey, Aaron. Uh-huh. Do you think that it's a real laser pointer or a metaphorical laser pointer? My guess, they think it's a metaphorical laser pointer. He probably actually has a laser pointer. Right. I agree with that assessment. I also like the world where one of them thinks it's a metaphor and one of them thinks it's an actual one and they're both equally excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. But then a twist happens. Perhaps mm-hmm. the most tragic part of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. I must stand by that. Um, so yep. they're going down to the basement. Uh, the makeout room. The makeout room. But then one girl, I couldn't identify if it was someone that we've seen before. I don't think it was. I don't I think it was. I didn't notice. I didn't recognize the shirt. Um, not that I'm super big on recognizing shirts, but um, pushes groupie two, the white one, out of the out of the way and closes the door on her. Mm-hmm. Now, why the door couldn't have just been immediately opened, I don't know. But uh, yeah. there was a there was a bit of rejection, and she's upset. She is very yep. upset. Yep. Is the reason the door couldn't be immediately opened because Ashley and Lynn immediately jump in front of the door? Okay, so that was Ashley and Lynn. I don't think I'd seen um, the taller one. Well, so it was Ashley and her friend, who I assume right. is Lynn. I couldn't identify. I recognized that the shorter one... Uh, Ashley was someone was one of the ones that Kenny hit on. Uh, I did not reckon. I think because Lynn was sitting down before. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realize the height 
was a big distractor and I would have been horrible if Lynn had committed some sort of crime at this party because I would have been like she was like uh short so it can't have been Lynn it was some tall girl right um so yep um they come up and incredulously ask her did those two just go down into the makeout room with William Lichter and she's upset because she wanted to go down there too mm-hmm. she's like yeah <laughs> then this movie is full of excellent emotional turns yep they're like oh they're so lucky mm-hmm oh so good yep because he's he's hot shit right now yep he is uh meanwhile during and this he has a cool ass laser pointer he does have a cool ass laser pointer. i hear it's I... gigantic I was about to say the same thing, so it must be true. Yep. What comes out of the tip will surprise you. So during this scene Gross. is... It's red. Ew. Oh. So... He should get that looked at. <laughs> he really... Don't look directly into it, though. So um, during this scene is a song being played that I went to a website to find out. Because I was like, there's a song being played right now, and I can't tell what it is because it sort of sounds like generic party songs, which uh, the... Uh, steadfast listener will say yeah that's been happening all movie to which i would say correct but this time i noticed it so i looked up on a website that was like this song is playing when this happens this song is playing when that happens so that was a cool website this is a song that is on the soundtrack it is a remix of the song hit him with the he uh by missy elliott okay featuring Lil lil kim and mocha um this is a song that the original version of is uh, the first actual song on the debut album of Missy Elliott called Super Dupa Fly. Uh, there is a Busta Rhymes intro and then it goes into Hit Him With the He. And this is a remix, which is what was on the single. Um, however, the single was not actually released in the U.S., which is how it didn't make the Hot 100. But it was very popular in the U.K. where the single, the U.K. single was actually released. Weirdly, they have a track listing for the U.S. single, but... I was confused by that because up there and further up in the article, it was like, this couldn't make the Hot 100 because the single wasn't released in America. And I was like, but then why did you call it a U.S. single? Anyways. Right. <laughs> um, okay. This is uh, Mocha's first single at all, but she doesn't have a Wikipedia link. So I have to imagine that um, as tapped into the R&B of the late 90s universe as I am, mm-hmm. um, and I've never heard of her and she has no Wikipedia link, so those are two of the damning things that mean that she maybe did, wasn't as successful in her music career as Lil' Kim and Missy Elliott were. Okay. So that is the song that is playing during this scene. And actually, how about this? It goes into a new scene where a different song starts playing, and we'll talk about the scene that starts after I talk about the song, so we can just make a smooth transition. Okay. Uh, it cuts to uh, an outside setting where the James Gang's uh, Funk Number 49 is playing. Okay. It's a song written by Joe Walsh, Jim, Jim Fox, and Dale Peters. It was recorded by American hard rock band The James Gang. Great name. The song featured as the first single off the group's second studio album, James Gang Rides Again. Uh, it was a moderate success upon release, reaching number 59 on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, it says the opening riff is played on the NoFX jazz-themed cover of Straight Edge, which is on uh, White Trash, Two Heaps, and a Bean. Um, and I need to go back and listen to that because it's a great cover because it's uh, this hardcore uh, Straight Edge anthem being sung like Louis Armstrong. It's hilarious. Okay. But um, I need to listen to those two songs back-to-back to see if 
NoFX was making a weird James Gang reference uh, in their 1990s punk album, which would be amazing. Um, and it's also in just a gajillion movies from the 1970s through, like, the 2010s. Like, okay. this is a very popular song to use. And it was used here, as we see Mike Dexter sitting on a very fancy swing. Yep, it's the same swing that he was sitting on earlier. I couldn't remember. So I, I know that when he was when he was hitting on Selma Blair and, and Jennifer Paz... Yeah. This movie is weird that I now know Jennifer Paz's name. Uh, I We noted that it was the same setting as he would be in the next time we saw him. Yeah. I didn't notice it was a swing the last time, though, so that was weird. I don't... I don't know that we necessarily got, like, a full shot of it. Well, you know what? It was harder to tell because there were three people sitting on it. That's true. They were sitting on either side where the lo- the swing connected. That That's exactly yeah. what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's sitting there by his lonesome. Yep. All by his lonesome. A little bit drunk. A little bit scavenging for um, beer in bottles on the ground. Yeah. So maybe a lot bit drunk. Maybe a lot bit drunk. Because, yeah, you don't scavenge like that. I mean, you shouldn't ever, but especially you don't do that if you're sober-ish. Now, maybe he was trying to collect some recycling. Perhaps. But I do think that he was going to drink the beer. Yes, correct. He doesn't find gross. any, though. That's true. Uh, what he does find mm-hmm. is a new friend. Or an old friend. Or an old friend. And by old, I mean older and also well-established. Mm-hmm. Or at least he knows who it is. Uh, he's offered a beer out of a fresh, unopened uh, container mm-hmm. by Jerry O'Connell. Yep. Mike Dexter is friends with actor Jerry O'Connell. No, no, no. He's playing a character, but we'll find out who that character is in a second. Um, so Jerry O'Connell, you know him, I yep. would imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I, sometimes... I, I say, oh, yeah. Maybe we have listeners who don't, but I know him. In Pers- my head, Personally, he's a very you know, cool guy. Oh, yeah. oh Uncle Jer. Uncle um, Jer. In my head, in practical terms, I know that there's a difference between Jerry O'Connell and Jason Bateman. But in my head... Mm-hmm. They are the same person. I can absolutely see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can I can see how your head puts them <laughs> in the same box. Because I just now, three times, I was like, oh, I didn't see Teen Wolf 2 in his... Oh, that's uh, Jason Bateman. Okay, never mind. Yeah. And then my brain was like, did you think about Teen Wolf 2, though? And I was like, shut up, stupid brain. <laughs> um, okay, so his top three, he was Vern Tesso in Stand By Me. Uh-huh. Uh, he was Charlie Carbone. This is number his number two uh, top five, top three known for uh, in Kangaroo Jack, mm-hmm. um, where two childhood friends, a New York hairstylist and a would be music- musician, one of whom is played by Anthony Anderson and the other one who is played by Jerry O'Connell, get caught up with the mob and are forced to deliver fifty thousand dollars to Australia. But things go haywire when the money is lost to a wild kangaroo. You said this like you've watched Kangaroo Jack, Aaron. I said this like I recognize that he was in that. Like, I remember gotcha. that being a movie he was in. Gotcha. I have not seen it. Uh-huh. I hear it is wild and weird. In a good way? I don't think that it's possible for it to be in a good way. Okay. I kind of um, was thinking the same thing, but, you yeah. know, sometimes things surprise me. We'll find out on our next show. Kangaroo Jack Minute. We're no, jumping we... into it. Spring 2021. Nope. 
We're springing into it. Okay. We aren't doing it, but that's pretty good promotion. Okay. Um, he, and he was in Quinn, he was Quinn Mallory in 69 episodes of Sliders. That is what I primarily know him from. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in the music video for Mariah Carey's song Heartbreaker. Um, I actually, um, this was, this song came out when I was actively paying attention to Mariah Carey videos for whatever reason I might have been (laughs) paying attention to them. Um, the music, uh, he has played the voice of Superman in a bunch of things. And actually he's played the voice of like many DC characters, Mm -hmm. um, a bunches of times, no Marvel. So I guess he's made his brand loyalty known. And he's played Thomas Jefferson on two separate Drunk History episodes. Oh. So. Interesting. Um, And he was in Scream 2 along with Marisol Nichols, who plays groupie number two, who just got shut out of the makeout room. Oh, yeah. And here's some trivia about him. Now, Jerry O'Connell's trivia is choice. He worked with River Phoenix in Stand By Me and Sean Patrick Flannery in Body Shots, both of whom have played the young Indiana Jones. Okay. Because River Phoenix played it in Last Crusade, and Sean Patrick Flannery played it in the the TV show Young Indiana Jones. All right. Um, while attending NYU, Jerry O'Connell was a saber captain of the varsity fencing team. Okay. He was ranked as high as number 17 in the country while he was at NYU, Jerry O'Connell, the actor. That's pretty and good. And fencer. He's probably actually more primarily a fencer, actually. Yeah. <laughs> fencer who acts. And he is one of four actors to appear in both the Scream franchise and the Scary Movie franchise, which is the parody of the Scream movies. Uh, The other three are Anthony Anderson, his Kangaroo Jack co-star, Jenny McCarthy, and Tori Spelling. Okay. So. That's sure something. That is is Jerry O'Connell. And uh, we're going to find out what his character's name when Mike tells us by shouting... Trip McNeely. No way, man. Mike says Trip McNeely. Then Trip McNeely says Trip McNeely. Then Mike says No way, man. So that's where our minute ends. Thus far, Trip McNeely is the biggest, most humanoid Pokemon mm-hmm. uh, of all time. Can only say his name. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Peter Facinelli and Jerry O'Connell are buds. Too. Oh, are they? Uh, yeah, and there was one other thing about Jerry O'Connell that I was like, oh, uh, so his, so he he was in he was Vern Tesso um, as I hate to put it this way, but as fat Jerry O'Connell as a little kid. That's what um, they call him. It, he wasn't fat. He was compared to Will Wheaton and River Phoenix and Corey Feldman. He was bigger. He was huskier. Well, yeah. So they were all in like the skinny, awkward tween stage, right? But he was in the hasn't lost some of the baby fat husky tween stage. And he now he he was discovered when he was on a Duncan Hines commercial uh, stuffing cake into his mouth. So like, OK, he, I mean, like, I think that he was sort of making his bones a little bit on being sort of adorable, good acting fat kid. Sure. Um, And, you know, he talked about how he, he doesn't like Stand By Me because he's overweight in it. So like, um. It's rough, and it sucks that people call him Fat Jerry O'Connell. But the next thing that he was in as a starring role was Joe's Apartment when he was an adult, a skinny, slackery Jerry O'Connell adult man, Mm -hmm. which was MTV Films' first movie. And MTV Films went on to release Crossroads. Uh Uh-huh. 
So there's our crossroads there's connection. There's our crossroads connection. I will yeah, say, I, I do not think of him in Stand By Me as fat Jerry O'Connell. I think of him as young Jerry O'Connell. Young Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. No, I think that, and I think that's a way, way healthier viewpoint. And I would love, I, I, I'm going to try and start thinking of him as young Jerry O'Connell and not fat Jerry O'Connell. I think that that's a, that that's a, it's a, it's a, I don't know that it's fat shamey. I think that it might just be overstating facts. Yeah. Um, fact, Jerry O'Connell. Um, I also don't have as strong a connection to Stand by Me as other people do. Like I, I've I've seen it like like once or twice. Yeah, same. Which is weird, given how much I I love Stephen King. I just that one never really connected with I'm me. Curr- I love the actors and yeah. everything in it, but yeah. I'm currently listening to the latecomers episode about it. Oh, as I how's make it going? my way through their uh, Stephen King on screen oeuvre. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that word so much. I do too, and I always say it weird, but yeah, like on purpose. <laughs> yeah, sure, you got to. Um, but yeah, so it's, I'm I'm enjoying it. It makes me want to watch it again. Yeah, because I, I, I remember. Re- I mean, I I watched it in high school. I don't think I've seen it since high school, but I remember really liking it. I think it's really good. It's a weird one because not. It's like you know we always say, or I always say, and you always agree with me. And then change the topic of the conversation. Um, I'm joking about the last part, but like Stephen King, I really I like him best when it's like normal life, normal life, normal life, one weird thing, mm-hmm. and then it's like a supernatural or or like alien thing by alien like different thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the the weird thing in this in Stand by Me and the short story it's based on the body is the dead body. Right, and it's just a dead body. I mean, it doesn't come to life. It doesn't whatever they tell story like. It's such a slice of life, Stephen King, that we rarely get to see. Mm-hmm. Which Stephen King is, is, he writes slice of life stuff all the time. Yeah. Like he's, there's lots of short stories about like, I mean, nothing incredibly supernatural happens in Shawshank Redemption either. That's true. Um, other than the prison system. But um, yeah, so it's just weird. It never connected with me, I think largely because I'm like, what is, isn't this just like kids in the 60s? Like, this is like Sandlot, but instead of baseball, it's corpses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways. And but instead see, of a I big think, dog, I it's think... Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, exactly. Although there is a big dog in it. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe it's a golden retriever, at least in the movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he was just young Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. Absolutely. He was young Jerry O'Connell. He was adorable. They were all adorable. Oh, they're all just a bunch of I mean, of they were all sure. like 13, 14 years old, and they were just so cute. If you go on IMDb and look at um, Stand By Me, the thumbnail is uh, Will Wheaton and River Phoenix, uh, I guess, having just shot a gun. And Will Wheaton is making the funniest face of all time. So oh, yeah? that's, a, that's a little treat for, for, for anyone who's listening. Cool. So we have social media. We are on mm-hmm. Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. Individually, I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. I'm at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, and if you like what you hear, maybe you'll like what you see if you nice. head over to twitch.tv slash the Scavengers Network, where we stream a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's going to do it for us. I am at 20% mm-hmm. battery, so we don't have much time left to record our next two episodes. Episodes is a word mm-hmm. that I made up yep. just now. Uh, it means episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. it's it's what you call episodes when you're very concerned about um, running out of time because time is honey's. 
Go Hot Dogs! The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.